It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Brought to you by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Don't leave your house tonight. Just go home. Go home. Don't even worry about dinner. Let Fetch Me take care of it. Great service. Best service in town. And if you're looking to have your family meal delivered in 40 minutes or less, the food will still be warm by the time you order it. That's what I absolutely love about it. You don't have to uh, reheat anything or even worry about it because they take care of that. They also handle your dry cleaning, coffee, groceries, you name it. They probably deliver it to you. So be sure to check that out, fetchmedelivery.com, or use the free Fetch Me app and use promo code FETCHME20 for your first delivery free. Fun show lined up today. Zach Blackerby, Michael Papp is here with you. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama, kind of give perspective of the other um, the other side of things. Alabama folks, they're, um, they're hurting, man. Yeah, this was... Uh... This was a cool interview, a, a cool conversation because, you know, you get to peek into, I, I mean, really how Alabama feels after a loss, just period, because it doesn't happen very often. And and obviously you get to see on social media and stuff the, the real crazy, crazy Alabama people that do crazy stuff and it gets recorded mm-hmm. or the people calling for Nick Saban's head, which is wild, dumb. And, you know, so it's good to kind of, get someone to give us some insight on on real people. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll chat with him in just a second. There's two big bits of news that I want to get to before that. So first off, really right after we got done recording yesterday, but um, Lee Hunter, five-star defensive tackle, class of 2021. Yeah, five-star defensive tackle. He, uh, he commits to Auburn. He chose Auburn over Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, several other programs, and he's one of the best defensive tackles in the country. And that is um, that's going to be big. That's going to be big. Rodney Garner does it again. That's huge. Yeah. Reload. Don't yeah. rebuild. Yeah. So it's going to take some time for him to kind of get in and, and all that. So 2021 class. But that's exciting. And then another thing on the recruiting front, Tank Bigsby. Auburn's uh, Auburn's running back commit. He got his fifth star yesterday, according to the two four seven Sports Composite. So that is uh, Auburn kind of got two five stars yesterday in, mm-hmm, a, in, mm-hmm. in a weird way. So that's um, that's pretty big. That's pretty exciting, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's okay, I guess. Okay, I guess. <laughs> All right. So uh, in just a moment, Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama will join us. Stay tuned. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
your company is interested in advertising and marketing to men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Auburn is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to advertise to male listeners between 18 and 44, this is your chance. Plus, our rates are pretty reasonable. Email me at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com to get more information. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Auburn. Zach Blackerby and Michael Papp is here with you. Now doing something uh, doing something a little different, a crossover episode. Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama. Luke, how you doing, man? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've had better days. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, Saturday Saturday was one of the, the craziest games that, that we could recall. Uh, and then, you know, the fact that you put it in an Iron Bowl just kind of... Um, What's the puts the cherry on top? I mean, what's the what's the Alabama perspective in all of this? Well, I have a different Alabama perspective than most because I'm from Alexander City. Uh, that's where we do uh, I do my podcast. My co-host Jimmy Stein, who's somewhat of an Alabama internet legend, um, he's down in Mobile, and of course, my being in Alexander City, I'm right next to Auburn and. Uh, my mom actually graduated from Auburn, but still a big Alabama fan and, sure. you know, went through all the school system here, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so I've, I've been sort of like the lone wolf Alabama fan in this community. And so it, this game's always meant more to me personally. Uh, but I think most people's perspective has been, okay, we, we kind of screwed this up. And, you know, a lot of people have wanted to say, you know, shouldn't have gotten that second extra second back or allowed Auburn to set up and they and they did this and and we shouldn't have done that. And, you know, I'm kind of just, hey, guys, we lost. And I've always been you're going to get bad calls sometimes. You're going to get, you know, Derek Brown got held a lot in the LSU game and it didn't get called. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Auburn fans then, hey, deal with it. I mean, it sometimes you don't get the call. Sometimes it's your turn over the barrel. And the other thing is, Pat, uh, Bo Nix, who I've covered for a long time now with the AHSA Radio Network. Sure. He's just a guy that's not going to make a lot of mistakes. I mean, yeah, they called him Bo Picks a few times earlier this year, but he is a true freshman, so let's give him a break. Um, he made fewer mistakes, and Auburn's defense was opportunistic when Alabama had their miscues. Mm-hmm. Now, that that being said, I still cannot explain for the life of me why it is that when Alabama goes to Jordan-Hare, it is like playing on an on a ancient Indian burial ground. I don't understand why we hit goalposts or miss chip shot field goals or give kick sixes or, you know, we Jimmy and I were laughing because if Najee Harris wasn't such a, a statuesque Adonis uh, and, and had a pretty uh, nice physique – yeah. That football doesn't bounce off his backside and into the hands of Kobe McLean. If that's me, <laughs> that ball falls right down. Sure. So, you know, I mean, it's just it's weird like hitting a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weird things happen, and um, it's part of the game. And, you know, yeah. if I weren't an Alabama fan, I would say that was one of the more incredible games I've ever been to, and I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am an Alabama fan, and – it, it's one of the more painful losses I've experienced, but I got. I will say this: the only positive out of all this is that I, I'm more convinced than ever that this team would have been waxed by Ohio State had they made the, uh, the playoffs. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. 
Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the for whatever reason it is, and, and I'm sure you have a better answer than, uh, to this than, than, than I do, Luke, but the Alabama defense, I mean, it... Um, I mean, they've given up points to a lot of folks this year, but I didn't expect them to give up almost 50 points to Auburn on Saturday. I mean, what, what's what's the issue here? Is it is it is it going to get fixed this offseason? I mean, what, what what do you think that looks like? I mean, the issue is uh, Dylan Moses. It starts and ends there. I mean, Alabama needed a leader, and that's one thing Alabama did not have on this team all year long. And I don't mean that as an insult for anybody on the squad, but – in the past, Alabama's always had a Rolando McLean, a Dante Hightower, yeah. uh, a CJ Mosley, and usually, and, and you, noticing a trend here, those guys are all linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama was dealing with a lot of injuries, which is part of the game. You got to deal with it. It was an inordinate amount of injuries this year, and it was also to people that we could ill afford to lose, even with a team stacked full of NFL talent. Uh, Jimmy and I on the podcast this summer said. Okay, who are the guys, you know, you always worry about somebody getting hurt. Who are the guys we can't lose? Sure. Well, we cannot lose Tua, and we cannot lose Dylan Moses. And we lose Dylan Moses before game one. And um, his his absence was felt all throughout the year. And, yes, the, by the time you get to the Iron Bowl, you're not really a true freshman anymore. But um, there's no doubt in my mind Christian Harris and Shane Lee are going to be good but they needed to be backups this year. They didn't need to be in the roles they were in. Yeah. And it, it, especially in, in Alabama's defense, it can get quite complicated. And I think that they were in over their head for most of the season. The the thoughts on Tua, you know, being irreplaceable. I mean, his backup looked pretty, pretty stinking impressive on Saturday. I mean, Mac Jones was able to do whatever he wanted. Matt Jones is a very confident, good player. Um, and I think that, Tua gets some people like to take shots at Tua in terms of well, is his receivers making him look good? I really believe that if Tua's in that game, Alabama wins because I don't think they're two pick sixes. Um, but Tua's a one of a kind talent, and to call, to say Mac is not Tua is not an insult to Mac because Alabama's never had a quarterback like Tua before ever, uh, and I've been following Alabama since you know the day I was born. Sure. So. Um, I think that Mac is good. I think he's fine, but I'll also say this, and, and based on Tua's latest interview with both Kirk Herbstreet and Cecil Hurt, uh, Tua is genuinely considering coming back, which, based on a mock draft I looked at from CBS this morning, makes some sense because they don't have him in the first round anymore. So it's not out of the question that he comes back. But if he were to come back, all of a sudden Alabama has Tua. They have Bryce Young, who some people consider the number one quarterback in the country out of California. And then they'll have Mac Jones, and they'll have Talia Tungolabailoa, and they'll also have Paul Tyson, who is Bear Bryant's grandson. So, you know, you've got a, a bunch of uh, – or great-grandson. You've got a bunch of uh, quarterbacks, and I feel like of all those five, Mac Jones would probably be the one, if that's the scenario that wound up playing out, that he'd be the one to transfer. And this is where, you know, I think it would be good for him because he did show out against a fantastic defense, and he played really, really well. 
Um, the, the two pick sixes, notwithstanding, one of them definitely his fault. Another one was a missed block by Ali Cahoe, and then just a, a random luck of the bounce of the football that ended up in Jacoby McLean's hands. Sure. So the, the way this Iron Bowl played out, I mean, every Iron Bowl that I mean, especially you know with this magnitude when it has that ex, you know that level of excitement, it goes down to the very end. There's always these plays that kind of live on in the history of this game, and there's been a ton of them, a ton of them for both sides. What do you think the ones from Saturday? I mean, what's the play that's going to stand out? Do you think you know when we're talking about this game five, six years from now because it's an Iron Bowl, so so we will be doing that. Which plays do you think are going to kind of solidify themselves in Iron Bowl lore for both sides? <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt, and these always tend to happen in Jordan here too. That's, you, yeah, you that's think true. About, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I laugh with some of my other cohorts and say, whenever Alabama and Auburn play in Tuscaloosa, for the most part, I mean, the comeback notwithstanding, right? Um, it's it seems like you know something like the Alabama was up 42 to nothing at the half in 2012, but I didn't, and so that game was not even really enjoyable. Or last year's game where Tua was just passing it all over the place and they counted for six touchdowns. Mm -hmm. There's no name you can give that game. I mean, there's sure. nothing you can say about it. But, you know, now you've got the comeback, the kick six, uh, really, I guess, the kick ass uh, in 2017. <laughs> yeah. And now you've got this one, which you can call it the doink or the unfair at Jordan Hare or the, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, yeah, it, ha it hasn't really me, worked itself out yet. Oh, whatever the no, name's but it's getting be. there. It it's is getting, getting there. It, there. There'll be a hashtag. Don't worry. Yeah, the um, doink I'm seeing a lot, but I don't like that. I think I think I think folks are more creative than that, but maybe they're not. I don't you, know. A lot of times, you know, it's the headline the next day, and I don't know what the the headline was in uh, in Tuscaloosa, but here the the OA news just went with instant classic. What a bummer headline! They missed the mark on that one. Oh, they did. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cliche. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I, I guess for me, it is going to be the doink. And and again, being at the game, and you know, I'm I'm about 47 years old, so I'm not about. I am 47. I was about to say, what is about being there? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hate. Say, you know, that's look. When you get this age, you start. You sort of start trying to cheat. Yeah, but, um, I gotcha. So I was in the upper deck. I was on the 50. I had great seats. Yeah. And um, so when they, when they were lining up for the kick, I have to depend on the the crowd noise and crowd reaction to, to, to determine if the kick is good. I can watch. I can see enough to see the, the motion of the kick, but I can't watch the ball. Right. And, and this is what will stick with me forever, that even before I heard the roar of the crowd indicating a miss, the sound of the football hitting the goalpost reverberated through time for me. It was as if I had earphones on and the microphone was glued to the goalpost. Yeah. Because it just, it just this, this reverberation just went on and on. And, and all I could think was, oh, my God, yeah. I, I can't believe it, it, it this happened has happened again. again. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, from, from the Auburn side of it, I mean, I, I think Zacoby McLean's the, I mean, anytime you have a hundred-yard pick six and an iron ball, I mean, similar to Amari Cooper's, you know, ninety-nine-yard catch, you know, a few years ago. I mean, I think those are going to be ones that live on. And then the picture of little old Sean Shivers, you know, running through the Alabama defense to score the go-ahead touchdown. I mean, I think that one's going to, I think that one's going to be around for a long time as well. Now, Xavier McKinney is going to be a screensaver for a while. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing he can do to stop it. Um, and of all and people again, for it to happen to, I mean, that guy is so physical. I, I, I just, I can't, 
can't believe it happened to him. Well, you know, he went in really, really high for that tackle. Yeah. And it, it just it cost him. I mean, uh, you know, Sean Shivers ducked his head and, and, and took him on head on. And all you can do is give him credit because uh, it was a heck of a hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, you know, you, you look at Alabama message boards, you look at Alabama Twitter, and like there are some people out there, Luke, and, and you probably know this and have more examples than I do, but there are people that are like genuinely upset with Coach Nick Saban. Is this, is this the vocal minority? I'm assuming it is, right? Oh, there's no question it's the yeah, vocal minority. Right. And, and, and look, there's nothing worse and nothing better than the internet and social media. I mean, it's the worst of us and the best of us. Sure. And the problem, you know, it's sort of like Joseph Bulovus having to come out with an apology, which he didn't have to, which is just stupid because there is no, there is no universe in Marvel comics, DC comics, in, in <laughs> the multiverses of anything where Joseph Bulovus makes that kick. He's either going to, you know, he's just not. I'm, I'm jaded. I mean, we've missed 101 field goals since 2007. That is eight more than anybody else in the entire country. Conversely, uh, Anders Carlson was, what, four of 11 from 40 and beyond coming into this game, and he goes four for four? Mm -hmm. You can't explain things like that. That is just, as I said earlier, playing in Jordan-Hare will either make you uh, come to Jesus or it will make you lose all your religion. It just depends on which side of the coin you're on. Sure. Um, And – when it comes to social media and people saying Nick Saban doesn't know what he's doing, those people are just really upset, and they can't. Ex- their ego will not let them accept the fact that Alabama lost a game. They've got to find a culprit. They've got to find somebody to blame. There is nobody to blame. Auburn won the game. End of story. You know, as far as that one second thing goes, you know, look, it is essentially a fourth timeout that Auburn got and was allowed to set up. But that's a loophole in the rules, just like there are loopholes in tax law, and people take advantage of them, and they will, I bet, this summer, make a rule where, okay, if there's if we do determine there's one second left, you can't just let the other team come out there and set up for a field goal as if they got a timeout, which is essentially what happened. But because it's not in the rules right now, I don't blame Auburn one bit for taking advantage of it. And if it had been the other way around, I would have been cheering Nick Saban on. What is the average Alabama fans' feelings about the the penalty that decided the game at the end, the the twelve men on the field, the illegal substitution? I'm not learned enough to know the <laughs> rules as much that uh, it's it's that it's the 100 correct call by the letter of the law. It, it probably is right. I will say though, that to me, it's kind of like when you watch a. There was a play earlier in the game where Auburn should have gotten a delay a game, I think, and they they let it slap they let it snap just a, a hair after the zeros, and some people around me were going nuts. And I was like, "Look, it, it was close enough. Just let it go." And I feel like if you're trying to if you're trying to get off the field and the ball hadn't been snapped, you let it go. But by the letter of law, I think it's right. And um, you know, I understand what Saban was saying. I wish he hadn't said unfair. I did. I, Sometimes Saban says some things that certainly I don't agree with. I think he's the best coach that ever, you know, walked the football field. But that doesn't mean he's immune from making mistakes. Yeah, and you know, a lot of folks are him. a lot of folks are pointing at him, saying, you know, like he doesn't handle losses well. But I mean, who, who's been great at their profession that has handled losses or, or, or shortcomings well? So I mean, I, I don't think that is a, I don't think it's an argument against him. 
who, you know, there was a famous quote, you show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's kind of true with Saban too. And here's the other thing. I mean, I don't mean this in, in a cocky way, but he doesn't have a lot of experience losing. I mean, it so it it, I don't blame often. him for yeah. not knowing. Sure. What is the Alabama's fan base opinion of, of Gus Malzahn? <laughs> I think as long as we're not playing him in Jordan Hare, we love him. Um, I'm I'm convinced. I get to a point with with every coach or every player or everything where I'm like, okay, we have enough sample size. I think we have enough sample size to know now what Gus Malzahn is and his ceiling is roughly 10 and three and his floor is roughly seven and five. And I think that's what it's always going to be. Now, people are going to always point to 2013. I will consider that the outlier. I mean, there was the kick six, the miracle on Jordan Hare, the uh, comeback against Mississippi State. I mean, everything happened to bounce Auburn's way that year, except for the final 13 seconds of the national championship. And then there was a, another year in there, maybe 16 or 15, I can't remember exactly, where he, he lost more than normally and got fewer breaks than normal. And I would consider that the outlier. Yeah. Overall, I think Gus Malzahn's a 9-4, and 8-4 kind of guy, and I think that's what he will continue to be. At, but this is you, – you get in a trap with coaches like this, uh, just like Alabama has in the past, especially in basketball, where they win just enough – that you're like, I, I can't really fire, justify firing him and paying him a bunch of money. And I'm, you know, we could get worse, but if we want to grow, we're going to have to do something different. And I don't know that, that Gus is going to be able to really change his stripes to truly grow and have like a 14 and one, 15 and 0 type season. I just don't think that's going to be a Gus Malzahn thing. Looking forward for Alabama. Going into whichever, it certainly looks like they'll still be in a New Year's Six game. Going into that game, are there any kind of whispers or concerns that a lot of these very talented players, especially on offense, are going to not play in the bowl game? Because it looks like we could see, you know, maybe the first situation where it's not one guy or two guys who aren't playing, it's like six or seven. No, and that is a, certainly a it's not really a fear because I think now we all understand it. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, for the two of you and me, if somebody said, hey, you can go out there and play your final bowl game, I mean, we'd, we'd strap it on right now and go out there because it means that much to us. But at the same time, we know we're not going pro and costing ourselves potentially millions of dollars. So I would be, I would be shocked if Najee Harris plays in the bowl game. I'd be shocked if, say, Terrell Lewis plays in the bowl game. Now, some of the other guys that are on the fence, and I would say Alabama's got a, about 10 juniors that have the potential to come out. And if you had asked me three or four days ago, I would have said, I bet all of them come out. Just based on a little bit of trickle-down information that I've gotten, I feel like, okay, maybe five or six of them come out and maybe some more come back. And if Alabama can just so much as get, and I'm just throwing these names out there, if they can get a Devontae Smith back to go with Jalen Waddle next year, if they can get a, a Henry Ruggs and a Devontae Smith back, I, you know, and, and Lord knows if Tua comes back. And, and then Dylan Moses, who I'm beginning to believe is going to come back because his knee injury was so severe. Um, all of a sudden, Alabama goes from the dynasty as did to, hey, they're probably preseason number one again. Yeah, that definitely could be true. And if 
if kind of disaster strikes for this Alabama team and the three wide receivers don't play in the bowl game, I believe there's an offensive lineman or two for Alabama that are projected as first-rounders. They don't play in the bowl game, and we kind of see a lot of these guys not play. Alabama doesn't perform well in the bowl game. They end up 10-3 and on the season. Is that going to be you know, an incredibly disappointing kind of disaster-like season in Tuscaloosa? I think I would classify it a disaster if Alabama hadn't had the injuries in the schedule and the record had wound up that way. With the injuries, I think for the most part, rational Alabama fans, and they're few and far between, I understand, would deal with the fact that, okay, we had a lot, you know, we had a lot of things go against us. And um, it just hey, it didn't work out, and we'll regroup. I mean, the last time Alabama went 10-3 and was 2010, and they went to win back-to-back national championships and had a shot at a third uh, until the kick six happened. So um, I feel like uh, it's it's going to be okay. But, yeah, there will be some people that will certainly take it that hard because they they live and die by this sport, and um, they, they don't have a lot of perspective when it comes to – so some other things that led to losses. They don't want to hear that. They just they just want to look at the W's and the L's. But back to the bowl game just for a second. My nightmare is for Alabama to end up in the Cotton Bowl and play Memphis or Boise State and have, you know, anywhere from eight to ten juniors sit out and Memphis or Boise have nobody sit out because they might not have a lot of draft uh player draftable players and they come out with their hair on fire and beat Alabama's brains in, which will, again, just start up the narrative that you guys know about when Central Florida beat Auburn that, oh, you know, these these group of five teams deserve a chance when it's really not apples to apples. And um, that's, that's my fear. I'm hoping Alabama ends up, frankly, in the Citrus Bowl to play Michigan because I think that's an that's a intriguing matchup, and it would be a lot of fun to see Harbaugh and Saban and who can get – the maddest, the quickest, I guess. Sure, sure. <laughs> Luke with uh, Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama joining us. Thank you so much for your time this morning, man. Uh, appreciate hearing things kind of from the other side of the rivalry, and uh, hopefully we can chat again soon. Yeah, I'd love to. And, and again, I just I want to be triply clear because uh, I know Alabama fans can can certainly look in the excuse book from time to time. All fans can, but I think Alabama fans get a bad rep for it. Uh, Auburn just won that game. And I'm not blaming anything on the officials. I'm not blaming a thing on injuries. Look, Alabama had had their chances. Even with that second put back on the clock, that happened at the end of the first half. Yeah. You know, it, it, there were all these other things that make up the game. And you've got to overcome obstacles that come in your way. And Alabama did not do it, and Auburn did, and I can't do anything but give them credit. Absolutely. Luke, thanks so much, man. All right, guys. Y'all have a good day. Well, uh, we'll have more stuff for you tomorrow. Be sure to call the hotline or send us emails at lock.auburn at gmail.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas here with you. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.